Hello, everybody. Turn this up in my headphones, Charles. Turning it up. Hello, 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 everybody, one and all. Welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, and not just any fantasy today. Because today oh. we are continuing our book recommendations series that we throw out to social media. And today, as you could guess from the title, we are talking about where to start with Grim Dark, the fantasy genre known as Grim Dark. Yeah. I'm I, I'm interested to get into this and when it comes to where to start with an episode on where to start with grimdark i was thinking (laughs) Mm. that uh, it's a good idea to try to define the subgenre of grimdark and get a sense of what what it actually means because people throw this term around all the time Mm -hmm. and it's it's not really clear to a lot of folks what means it just differs from person to person and and there's an awesome blog post from back in 2017 by friend of the show, Mark Lawrence. Friend of the show? Of, <laughs> author <laughs> of Prince of Thorns, Book of the Ancestor, and many more. You awesome might hear that a few times series. today. <laughs> yes, you're going to hear his name a lot in these recommendations. So a man who's written a lot of really incredible grimdark, and even he in his blog post wasn't exactly sure how to define it. He said, the process of defining grimdark uh, to be not a war of words, but a war for a word. There are those who use grimdark as a pejorative for a vague group of things they dislike. There are grimdark aficionados who see the term as descriptor for an aesthetic that requires the presence of a number of distinct elements, which may include moral grayness, bleakness, and nihilism. And there are some an apparent majority, who just see it as a setting on a control knob relating to general levels of violence and ickiness. Mm. (laughs) And, yeah, so... Ickiness. (laughs) Yes. And I've always kind of seen it as this... This... Not that I think of myself as a grimdark aficionado, but I do align with that idea of it being mostly about moral grayness, bleakness, nihilism, and, for me, cynicism, hopelessness. Those are big things there. But what's interesting that Mark Lawrence sought to do on here is he actually had a giant poll where he had people rate how grimdark they thought a bunch of different novels were. And we might refer back to that poll because a lot of the things toward the top, not surprisingly, are going to get recommended in this episode. And it's... Yeah, it's just a really interesting exercise for a, a sort of nebulous term, but one that, as you'll see when we go through our recommendations, 
there's a lot of common ground on what people think is grimdark and okay. I'm, I'm excited to get into this because i think maybe we'll learn a little bit more about what grimdark means and we'll also of course get the chance to talk about a bunch of awesome books and right. that's what i love about these recommendations episodes well, yeah, yeah, no further ado. Shall we get into this, Charles? Let's get into it. I'm excited. Let's see if we can kind of figure out what people think Grimdark is through these recommendations. You know, that to me is going to be very interesting. This is a unique twist to our recommendation series. Usually we do like fans of a certain author, but this is the first time we've really gone the route of a this kind of nebulous genre and fantasy. So let's see what let's see what the Twitter sphere has to recommend to us today. Yes, and we'll go down this list and try to hit on as many comments as we can. Let's and do it. The The first one that's coming up is from Dark Portents. Dark mm-hmm. Portents, uh, a booktuber and over uh, a podcaster over at the Legendarium Green Team podcast. Stop by and start off with Besides First Law, which is a great, <laughs> <laughs> a great way to start this off because... Uh, we'll get into Dark Portenta's actual recommendations in a second, but uh, it's this came up a lot as people almost take for granted the idea that, okay, like if you're thinking Grimdark, the first Law series by Joe Abercrombie, one of our absolute favorites, it's just taken for granted. And I mean, the Grimdark name and subgenre in part come from, uh, or at least its popularity, uh, not the origination of the term, but popularity in part comes from uh, Joe Abercrombie's Twitter handle, which is at Lord Grimdark. And yeah. a lot of people think of his his work, and it will come up a lot still, for sure, as being kind of the quintessential Grimdark uh, series. Right. Yeah, no, it's funny because, I mean, you even threw a Joe Abercrombie gif in the tweet announcement <laughs> calling for recommendations. So it's yeah. no surprise that people treat the first law as almost a given for this <laughs> recommendation series right. and are going uh, to recommend books even further. Yeah, so I think Dark Portents, you know, nailed it with that one. And let's get into yeah. the books that he did recommend. Yes. So from at D Portents, besides First Law, Priest of Bones by Peter McLean, Crimson Empire Trilogy by Alex Marshall, and Blackwing by Ed McDonald. And Mm. Charles, you've probably heard Blackwing come up a few times now. It definitely came up in our recommendations for fans of the first Law series. And it is one of my, I would say it's my go-to underrated recommendation for fans of first Law. And I would say I'd also call it because it's almost uh synonymous at this point and it's also my go-to underrated recommendation for fans of grimdark and i think it's a great place to start with grimdark the books are very uh, they're a lot shorter than the first law series they are they have an awesome morally gray protagonist in Ryholt, Galharo, and I, I really enjoyed reading them. They're also first-person point of view, and you really get in the mind of this morally gray protagonist. Awesome series. Highly recommend that. Hmm. Uh, and I'm the, I mean, yeah, you've recommended that one a few times. It's come up a few times, and we've done enough of these book recommendations where once I start to recognize a, a book title or an author, they go way up to TBR. So this one actually has me quite excited because like you said people do kind of sneak it in their recommendations but consistently so blackwing by egg mcdonald is one that interests me quite a bit 
Yeah. And I'll say that Dark Portents also went on to say probably Beyond Redemption by Michael Fletcher. And we got a second recommendation for Michael Fletcher's work from uh, Bender or at Mm -hmm. Jack Claver, uh, who said, and it'd be remiss to not tag at Fletcher MR his Beyond Redemption topped Mark Lawrence's list of grimdark books. And then Uh he topped that with Blackstone Heart. And then uh, so he did tag Michael Fletcher and and Michael Fletcher stopped by to say, I'm not sure (laughs) Beyond Redemption is a good starting place for dot dot dot. Well, anything. (laughs) And I I responded to that by saying that makes me want to read it more. (laughs) So, yeah, this is one that has on that. There's a five point scale. I think it was for, yeah, a five point scale for that grimdark rating thing that mark lawrence did and beyond redemption scored a 4.63 which puts it 0.2 above prince of thorns which is well we'll certainly talk more about prince of thorns but mark we lawrence's sure. work that's often considered uh one of the defying staples of grimdark so yeah beyond redemption by <laughs> michael fletcher it's not a great place to start anything, but you know what? <laughs> that to me is almost like an endorsement for the grim. How I know. like that is like grim dark in itself. It's like, oh, you wouldn't start with this <laughs> for anything. It's like, okay, that in itself cap- embodies the spirit of grim dark. So I can appreciate that. And you know, just another book on my mountain is TBR. But uh, thank you, Fletcher, for stopping by. It's pretty awesome. Um, speaking of artists, you know, uh, authors coming by, leaving their mark, I made a recommendation and I'll just go quick because it's a series that everyone will probably will come up a lot. And that's, I had to throw out Prince of Thorns because that was perhaps my introduction to the grimdark genre. And that series starts off very dark, like in the first couple scenes, some very intense, scenes are going on and the character himself is very much this anti-hero i guess you would say he's very um you know he does he breaks the law in a lot of ways there's a lot of unsavory things but there's still these qualities about him that make him such an interesting character and i you know i i went for the tag i tagged mark lawrence and he dropped the like which is greatly appreciated so (laughs) thank you mark lawrence for stopping by yeah prince of thorns gotta love it uh, yeah <laughs> i'm sure we'll talk about it more a- yes. as we move on but just wanted to put that out there <laughs> yes charles i'm glad you got that out there i mean prince of thorns is like you said go to it's yes it's way up there and i think that it's an interesting balance of being highly highly grimdark while still being very accessible Mm-hmm. which is what makes it such a great where to start place. Cause I mean, we had Michael Fletcher saying, well, I don't know if you actually really want to start here. Right. Hey, maybe it would be, we haven't read that one yet. So maybe it would be too much. I even saw uh, Bender at uh, Jack Claver kind of being like, it'd be remiss not to tag him because it's so grimdark, but maybe there were some reservations about that as a starting place. While Mark Lawrence is Prince of Thorns, there is some stuff like, Uh, content warning stuff that make it you know tough for some people to read things like sexual violence are in there and 
That being said, right. I think a lot of people have found Prince of Thorns to be highly accessible as Grimdark goes. So I, I understand why it is a go-to for you, Charles, and it's mm-hmm. definitely one for me too. Well said. Well said. I agree completely. Yeah. And Bender did have another wreck, which was Black Company. Uh, and he said, good to start at the beginning. And we'll get more of these Black Company shout outs for sure. So we'll get into that more. Charles, you, oh, and, and Bender also mentioned Library at Mount Char, which we haven't read. So it was a standalone. But uh, Charles, let's let's talk a little Black Company because you have read that. Yeah, one. yeah. I read Black Company a while back. And, you know, a lot of people consider it the genesis for the grimdark genre. So a lot of characters that you get today, like a Glockta or a Tyrion or a Yorg, you know, characters from these famous series, you're not going to get so much of that. But it's a very much a militaristic fantasy novel and it's very much it it tries to be more realistic to the realities of war in the ways that a lot of modern more considered grimdark fantasy novels are like these characters are kind of morally gray they don't always do the virtuistic thing they're not heroes like aragon or gandalf they're they're hero they're like rugged uh band of mercenary kind of heroes so in that respect, it's very interesting. And when you consider its place in the timeline and what came before it and what came after it, if you're someone that enjoys that aspect of reading fantasy, then it's a super interesting, a must read at that point, because you get to see who influenced whom and and how this kind of springboarded into modern fantasy. It's still very, very much classic fantasy and like its prose and the plot it's it it very much reads like a lord of the rings kind of book but the actual content and the characters in them are a bit more into this morally gray Mm. vibe that modern fantasy authors are gravitating to right now so it's a really interesting transition piece oh and it's a bit older so if you're kind of turned off by older fantasy writing styles you may not get excited about it but anyone into militaristic fantasy or interested in grimdark at all should absolutely read it (laughs) yeah it's interesting charles in classic hasty fashion i jumped right to reading joe abercrombie and mark lawrence and rebecca kwong's work and all, all this stuff that's a lot more modern and i i didn't really start at the beginning as uh bender said right uh you i think this is something that's been kind of an ongoing theme for you and I on FDF <laughs> is you dragging me back to to read some of these more classic works and then, you know, me kicking and screaming a little bit, but then getting to the place where I do often really enjoy the context. So I, I'm curious as someone who hasn't read Black Company here, would you say it brings that cynicism and nihilism and hopelessness at all? Um, to it or is it more the violence and it's a bit nihilistic but it's a bit nihilistic I, and again i've read this years and years and years ago so i'm i'm no longer mm-hmm. um an authority on the story but i do remember <laughs> you know the characters being you know very hardened very down in the dumps very like gritty um, you know, mud spattered warriors kind of thing that mm. are are fighting on a campaign, and they may not always. It, it's kind of like 
it's almost kind of like he was writing morally gray characters really before it was a trope, right? So you get the sense mm-hmm. that these, so they're not like flat out villains or pontificating on like, oh, how humorous is it that I'm a good guy, but I'm doing these bad things right now? You know, like they're, they're not like doing, it's not going anywhere that far. That's why, yeah. like, I don't even know if I would consider it grim dark, but I would consider it like the crack in the wall that led to the you know, opening of yeah. uh, of grim dark right it's like oh you can write characters like this how interesting what happens if i take it a step further what happens if i make the themes about this you know like that's what grim dark i think more embodies whereas you get the flavor of it and you get the genesis of it in black company so it could be a good place to start in that sense but it's not going to give you the full sense of what like a modern grimdark fantasy novel is like it's very much a more traditional fantasy story but if you like that and you are like oh i love lord of the rings you know i love wheel of time maybe i should read grimdark but i don't want to go all in then this would be a good segue i think that makes a lot of sense charles and i think to put it all in context the black company the, the first book was pu- published in 1984 okay this is glenn cook by the way the Mm -hmm. author if we haven't mentioned it yet or mentioned him yet and then a game of thrones which also i think of as a springboard toward the grim dark subgenre is that didn't come out until 1996 so we're talking with this kind of like moral gray gritty fantasy we're talking black company came over a decade before a game of thrones would come out so right that's that makes a lot of sense that a lot of people think of it as the beginning yeah and honestly it reads like something that came out 10 years before game of thrones it's not necessarily a bad <laughs> thing it just gives you a sense of like people think a lot of characters in grimdark are like witty and and super violent and you know think about what that character written in 1980 fantasy world might be like and you get more of a sense of how this is more of a beginning than it is a we're this is grimdark <laughs> it's like oh this is starting to become grimdark there's a, it's a there's a difference <laughs> that makes sense charles um i'm interested because it feels like the kind of series that we're, we're gonna cover at some point on this right. show right it's mm-hmm. uh, and i'm really interested for for the context it'll provide for the genre. And if you're the kind of person, like Bender said, who likes to start the beginning, it makes a lot of sense to start there. Yep. So let's keep it rolling. We did have a uh, recommendation from our friends over at Fiction Fans Podcast. and uh, Yeah, and when it's tweeting and it's coming from... uh, (laughs) That's at Fiction Fans Pod, their account. It is Sarah who's making this <laughs> recommendation. And she said, uh, I think Serafina's Lament uh, by, uh, she tagged, at Bookworm Blues, that's uh, Sarah Chorn, is considered grimdark, actually. And that book I loved and would definitely recommend. Her prose is poetic and beautiful and so evocative. So, Charles, you you and I have not read uh, this book yet, but um, Sarah Chorn is a two-time Spiffbo semifinalist. Uh, mm. That's a self-published fantasy blog off Mark Lawrence's, mm-hmm. uh, the competition that Mark Lawrence runs for self-published works. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is interesting to hear Sarah describe 
a grimdark book as poetic and beautiful, <laughs> right? It's not really right. the type of thing that we think when grimdark comes to mind. It's right. interesting. Right. And just knowing Sarah and her personal tastes, like she loves Terry Pratchett, Neil Gaiman, um, th- those authors. I'm trying to remember who else she had read recently and praised, but she was more on the fence about books like Game of Thrones and about um, the Gentleman Bastards and 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 books like that, which are more grimdark. And she tends to lean more towards like Terry Pratchett. So I was like, oh, yeah. And when she she because she originally said nothing come came to mind for her for the grimdark genre right. Right, on the poll, too. So I was like, OK, that kind of aligns with my idea of what her tastes yeah. are. So when she drops a grimdark wreck and it's, you know, from a pedigreed uh, spiffbo author and it's also described as having beautiful prose like okay all those pieces are coming together for me about how it could be a grimdark novel that's also recommended by sarah from fiction fans (laughs) so i'm actually very interested in reading it um i i I'm just, you know, the fact that it's recommended by Sarah and it's grimdark. It's like, okay, this I might, I have to read it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've been going back and forth a little bit on Twitter with Sarah because she keeps saying, she's seeing all the Joe Abercrombie love and she hasn't read that series and she keeps saying that she wants to read it. And I've been, same kind of thing as you, Charles. I'm like, I know you're, you're, tastes to some extent and i'm not sure yeah. and i we love abercrombie so much oh, it's yes, like we, we want to just go out and recommend it to everyone but i'm like i'm really not sure what you're gonna think so i i said uh, to her at some point on this thread, I'm like, i'm curious to hear your take once you get around to abercrombie so we'll be keeping an eye on yeah on sarah's takes on the on grimdark and on <laughs> joe abercrombie but for now we know we have one recommendation from her and uh, a recommendation from her is a recommendation from us for sure that's well said so what is the next book as you navigate us through this this twitter thread so deftly (laughs) (laughs) the next book comes from fantasy book nerd and that's at fantasy book nerd and good old fbn said this is on my tbr anna stevens the god blind trilogy And Anna Stevens Hmm. has come up before, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, on our um, book recommendations for Joe Abercrombie. So that's always a good sign. Yes. And uh, yeah. (laughs) And yeah, it's she is an author that I've I've had recommended to me before. I think I uh, I think I've read some very positive reviews, but don't know a lot about it. But FBN, FBN writes awesome reviews and has awesome uh, just thoughts on the fantasy genre. So another one that we can't speak to personally, but is uh, recommended from someone that we know is going to come out there with awesome wrecks. That's well said. You know, uh, fantasy book nerd is a frequent contributor to these threads and they're always appreciated when a review pops in and i've been taking notes uh at the series that get recommended so i'm i'm very i have not heard of this book uh the good blind trilogy but i am definitely interested god blind 
Oh, God Blind? Oh, I put yeah. an extra O in there. Thank you. The God Blind <laughs> Trilogy by Anna Stevens. Definitely one I'm going to investigate very soon. Yep. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got Benjamin from At Literature and Lo-Fi. One good of old Benjamin. Friends. Yeah, good old <laughs> Benjamin, who who managed to not recommend The Lies of Locke Lamora. I that was a surprise, but work. he thinks that also, <laughs> it's probably also a given that that's just going to be something, no matter what the call for the recommendation is, it's going to be at the top of his list. <laughs> yeah, and Benjamin said, I think it's already in the schedule, but Ash and Sand by, he tagged, at Arnell 2, and that's Richard Nell. And mm-hmm. yeah, we have... Uh, I'm not positive when we're going to get to it, Charles. You always know the schedule a lot better than me. But uh, Ash and Sand, we we have a copy of that from Richard. And he seems like a super nice dude from our interactions mm. on uh, Twitter. And I'm excited to get to it because Benjamin, from what I can tell, Benjamin doesn't seem to be a huge fan of the grimdark subgenre. I had an exchange with him once where I was like, do you, do you like any books that are grimdark? This was before <laughs> this, obviously. Yeah. And he, he mentioned Ash and Sand. And he keeps telling me, like, just read the first chapter and then you're not going to be able to stop. So I'm like, OK, well, I, that's my place. Yeah. <laughs> so I've avoided reading it, Charles, because you know, I don't <laughs> want to get too off schedule. For right, it, but, right. But in due time, in due time. In due time, indeed. Yeah, that's good to know. And I mean, appreciate uh, Richard Nell for uh, reaching out to us about that and Benjamin for recommending it because... That's high praise, and, you know, I I think Benjamin's recommendations and reading schedule is kind of aligned with ours a few times, so if he's recommending it, then I'm definitely going to be paying attention because I feel like we're on the same page with a lot of series, although he is on the fence with the first Law Trilogy right now, but you need to finish it, (laughs) Benjamin. You just read The Blade itself. Read Before They're Hanged, (laughs) read The Last Argument of Kings, and, and then we'll, you know see what your thoughts are after you've experienced the whole thing but it's good to hear and thank you for the wreck and yeah and all in due time all in due time yes and benjamin had a really interesting review of of the blade itself he did very you could tell he was very ambivalent about it so yes yeah i'm excited to see his thoughts as he continues with the first law series and that's probably a good seg to uh, mask reads at mask reads who who runs an awesome discord by the way folks can join to talk some fantasy and uh Masquerade said first law is an obvious one it's like the same thing right like right right, like, right okay right. well like who's gonna, gonna be that guy that also. recommends first yeah. law <laughs> <laughs> so then well it'll be us too because we're gonna highly recommend first law as a great place to start uh also went on to say i enjoyed broken empire and red queen's war mark lawrence as well as raven's mark ed mcdonald and uh that Raven's Mark is the series that starts with Blackwing that we talked about earlier. Right. These are so some uh, big hitters coming out here. Right. And seeing seeing Raven's Mark appear alongside Mark Lawrence's work and uh, First Law, Charles, another time for you to start paying attention. <laughs> Most definitely. So... And, and at some point, Charles, we, I think it's a good idea for us to actually like flesh out why First Law is a good place to start with Grimdark. It does feel like it's something that gets taken 
for granted, but yeah, shall we? Uh, yeah, we can, uh, unless someone specifically recommended it. I think everyone's recommending it in passing, so we can just <laughs> get into it. Um, I mean, there's a reason that we put Abercrombie as the gif and the call to action for these wrecks. <laughs> and there's a reason he he goes by the Twitter handle of Lord Grim Dark, And he's just kind of embodied this this image. But listening to him talk about it, right, Dylan, you have some perspective on oh, yeah, sure. Abercrombie's uh, reflection. Because we, we talked about Mark Lawrence's thoughts on what grimdark is but i believe abercrombie's kind of weighed in recently on his thoughts at least as it relates to his own work yeah well i'll get into that i'll start with saying especially the original first law trilogy i think really characterizes the grimdark stuff from that that piece of the definition that i said i i gravitate toward which is that moral grayness bleakness and nihilism Mm -hmm. i think that abercrombie's original first law trilogy there's a reason why that's consistently called grimdark and why he's Lord grimdark, all those kind of things. But I think now that he's, I I see him as evolving as an author and I think he's getting even more complex with how he thinks about these things and how he presents his characters. And I don't think he wants to be kind of caught in this box of everything he writes has to be like that. And he's said more recently that, I mean, the gif I dropped was some people call it grimdark is what he says. I I believe this was from an interview with Murphy Napier, who's a booktuber extraordinaire. And uh, he kind of said, like, yeah, I don't really like that term grimdark. He's (laughs) obviously got as a Twitter handle, but I think he sees it as this. I'm I'm stuck with it because it's my brand and it's been this way for so long. So... He doesn't, I think he just doesn't like feeling trapped. I don't know him or anything, but he doesn't seem to be liking being trapped in this idea that everything he has to write has to be nihilistic. I think we've seen, I won't get into detail, uh, but we've seen things in the standalones already, Charles. And I think there's things in his later work Mm -hmm. that just, uh, obviously the Abercrombieisms are going to be there and his perspective (laughs) on people and all those kind of things that he does through his characters is going to have these grimdark elements. But I see him playing around with themes and character work and things like that in a way that I just I just think of as evolving, and I don't think he wants to be constrained by that grimdark label. But of course, First Law, especially the original trilogy, I think, fantastic place to start with grimdark. And I mean... It, yeah, it, I mean, the, one of the characters is a torturer who was tortured, and, and 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 he's musing about all the ways in which he tortures people, and you're like, okay, this is like how how I see Grim Dark. It's like you have a scene where like a lot of violence is happening. There's a torture going on, and this character is having musings to themselves, and they're actually kind of humorous. So you're like, oh, this, yeah, that's this, interesting. this. Yeah balance of finding humor in these dark moments and having characters that aren't virtuistic and pure as the heroes as the protagonists is one that to me defines the genre and you know i i can see why abercrombie's pulling away because there is more to his work and a lot of other fantasy authors as well than what's on the surface there's a lot of context there's a lot of complex themes and things and sometimes when you're 
pigeonholed in a specific genre, it, it, it's hard to write your way out of those expectations. So I, I, I see where Mar- where uh, Joe Abercrombie's coming from, and I respect that. But I also think it's a terrific example of these kind of witticisms and nihilisms that can be found in a grim dark fantasy book. Like they're so. I'm going to say I'm going to use the word delicious in the first Ooh. law. Like they're so tasty when they happen, <laughs> and they're they're so good. And that's why I would recommend it too. I I, I recommended um, Mark Lawrence because that's where I started. But Abercrombie is another fantastic place to start. And I think if you aren't jiving with the blade itself or with Joe Abercrombie's work, then there's probably a lot about Grimdark you may not vibe with. It's not necessarily everything, but it's a good litmus test for the genre, which is why yeah. I think it's also a good place to start. Yeah, I agree. The, I'm glad you brought up the humor because that's something that I I always felt with Abercrombie's work that even though it is very Grimdark and Sinkholz kind of stuff, he brings you back level with that humor. Yeah, And Definitely. I think that's why, because... So many people think about Joe Abercrombie when they think Grimdark for good reason. But in this poll, the blade itself came in, I believe it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. Mm. So that's, I mean, obviously that's high. But for a person who's basically synonymous with Grimdark <laughs> at this point, he's finishing below a lot of books. And oh, and by the way, that includes. God Blind by Anna Stevens is up there. So mm. that's another great endorsement for that series that FBN brought up. So a lot of these series by that by other authors that are not known as Lord Grimdark are considered even more Grimdark. And it might be that humor in part that I think makes Abercrombie's work feel a little less dark. Well said. And, yeah. and in some ways more accessible because of that. Right. As and that makes sense to me because, you know, he he's not necessarily setting out to write a grimdark novel. He's writing a novel that has a lot of grimdark tendencies. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Well, all right. Let's keep it rolling then. Let's uh, do we've it. We've got, yeah, we've got a recommendation from yellow birdie at yellow birdie 721 another person with an awesome discord that i'm part of and recommend joining and uh, yellow birdie said i think the trader baru cormorant is grim dark kind of like a question questions uh, question mark after <laughs> that also the fifth season they both seem grim and dark to me mm. also my favorite reads the fifth and season i I never, I haven't read it. I know you have, Dylan, and you can answer this question for me, but I didn't realize that it was considered like a grim, dark novel. What do you think about that as someone who's read it? So it's interesting because I, when I heard this recommendation from Yellow Birdie, I had that instant reaction of like, oh, you know, I don't think of that as grim, dark necessarily. But then I thought about it. I was like, that totally fits. It totally fits. Ah. I mean, it's it's a very comp... I think the part of it is N.K. Jemisin has in no way really embraced, to, to anything I've seen, has in no way like embraced the grimdark subgenre as what she sees herself as writing. But the story takes place in an extremely dark world and with really messed up things happening. Huge just exploitation of people, abuses of power, mm-hmm. oppression, 
all these things and hor- some horrible, horrible things happen. And one of the things I love about N.K. Jemison's work is she is not afraid to go there and have <laughs> just awful things happen to her oh, characters. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, I've been, since our first ever Friends Pitching Fantasy, I've been espousing what I love about the fifth season and just the Broken Earth trilogy in general. So a fantastic recommendation from Yellow Birdie. And I do think, I do think it works for Grimdark of how how I see it. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, fifth season is so high up on my TBR right now. I just cannot wait to get into it. And the moment that the show presents the opportunity to read it, I am jumping on it because I'm very excited about it. And I've heard enough people recommending it. I've heard enough of it creeping into just my everyday life that I'm like, man, I got (laughs) to pick this up. So that's a great wreck already way at the top of my tbr and just affirms its position and i see here that yellow birdie went on to comment like oh like if you read the trader borrow cormorant i hope i didn't butcher that too much uh, they go on to say i love seeing people's reactions to the ending and those kind of comments always get me excited too and i i love when an ending is controversial usually in fantasy when an ending is controversial i tend to at least appreciate it if not fully enjoy it so that's a promising comment for me yeah and yell birdie wanted me to do a reaction thread for when so i told yell birdie that trader bar cormorant is that's oh i hope i get the author right i think it's seth dickinson i'll double check that at some point while you're talking sure (laughs) and i it's sitting on my bookshelf right now behind me actually oh, Charles, nice. as we uh, record so i was kind of like ah, you know that's once it's on that bookshelf that highly increases the chances i'll get to it relatively soon so yeah the author is seth dickinson who knows I maybe i'll do a, re- a reaction thread i've never really done that before but yeah yeah so shall we yeah. keep rolling here That'll charles be- Let's keep we were, rolling, Dylan. Who is next on the on the thread? We were honored to have Edward Gwynn oh, at Edward fantastic. GDM. Yeah, a booktuber from the Brothers Gwynn alongside his brother Will and also uh, son of the book we're reading at this very moment. Or sorry, not son of the book, son of the <laughs> author who wrote the book. <laughs> son of uh, the that book. We are re- son of the book uh, that we are reading right now. John Gwynn's The Shadow of the Gods, and uh, we're always pumped. Edward's such a nice dude and does such awesome work over at the Brothers Gwynn, so we're always pumped when he stops by on, on Twitter. Absolutely. and Yeah. And he said, Ed McDonald, mm-hmm. Peter McLean, Larry McMurdy, Adrian Selby, and... You're noticing some repeat yes. offenders of, yes. the, of committing grimdark <laughs> yeah. uh, over here. <laughs> so Ed McDonald again, that's Blackwing, and I think Charles, just another fantastic reminder. Hey, hey, it's appreciated. You know, I've I've watched a lot of the Brothers Quinn videos. They do a lot of like recommendation series, and they take yeah. turns like pitching books to each other, and a lot of their recommendations. I'm like, oh, yes, I've read that and I love that, you know? So it's like, I have a feeling that our tastes (laughs) align very closely. And so when I see, not only do I see these names that I recognize, but names that have come up multiple times today. Ed McDonald, for example, like 
sign me up, guys. Like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm pumped for when we do get the chance. And then you replied with that amazing gif of Abercrombie. <laughs> I don't know how you do this, but you you created a gif of Joe Abercrombie holding a book by Ed McDonald in this response. No, by Larry McMurray. Oh, Larry McMurray. I'm sorry. I can Okay, Larry yeah. McMurray. Yes. And that's yeah. that's just amazing. <laughs> I I think I had to come in and be like, "Dude, mad props." I <laughs> can <laughs> yeah, so Larry McMurdy, that he does westerns, and Joe Abercrombie was in a lot of ways inspired by Larry McMurdy's work, just his character work, it sounds like. And Ed has been really uh, recommending these books a lot. And it's basically at the top of my not fantasy TBR, which unfortunately doesn't, uh, a lot of things get taken off of the fantasy TBR before the not fantasy TBR, I think. But as, I mean, anytime I'm in the mood for a Western, someone who inspired Joe Abercrombie and has Edward this pumped, I definitely want to get to it. So yeah, I had to make that gift. I mean, very awesome job, very timely. And guys, if you aren't on Twitter and following us (laughs) at the FDF podcast one to see these Abercrombie gifts in action, you are missing out. This man is making custom fresh gifts from fantasy authors. Yeah, I also gift uh, from their brother's Gwyn channel. Yeah. I gift Edward and Will and yeah. sent that to him later in the thread. Yeah. So, yeah, and Edward's like, that is surreal. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm always having a. a I mean, you gift me once. That was a bit wild. I wasn't ready for I did that. give you. Yeah. It's weird when you see a gift of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's an, I, I hope most people are honored. Um, I know oh, for sure. Uh, sometimes they're they're mortified, but uh, you know, I, I think most are honored. So <laughs> we'll keep it rolling here. Yes, thank where, you, yes. Edward and the brothers Gwyn, for making such great content and for stopping yeah. by and giving a few wrecks. Well, well made, and they're definitely aligning with the names that are sticking with my brain in this in this episode for sure. Yeah. Well said, Charles. So next up, we've got uh, David DeSero at David DeSero, who is a booktuber. And David recommended The Broken Empire Trilogy by Mark mm-hmm, Lawrence, mm-hmm. of classic. course. Another classic. Uh, the Empires of Dust Trilogy by Anna Smith-Spark. And Anna Smith-Spark is someone who's come up t- uh, before Charles and I like book recommendations for First Law Trilogy. Oh, this good. series... F- yeah, uh, this series finished uh, actually right above Anna Stevens's God Blind at fourth <laughs> in the rankings of most grimdark. Uh, uh, that's the Court of Broken Knives, and I think I'm gonna double check this. I think that it Anna Smith Sparks Twitter handle is like is a is grim grimdark themed as well so i'll i'll pull that one up in a second but sure i mean i can read uh i can read their follow-up david de cicero uh went on to comment the prose in the empires of dust trilogy is poetic beautiful and strange which i find interesting it has a distinct flavor to it and because of that i think you'll either love it or hate it 
but she has absolutely earned the title the Queen of Grimdark. I mean, that is that is fine praise, no doubt. And then they also, I appreciated when they dropped the first Law trilogy, uh, they said probably decent entry level Grimdark. The tone is surprisingly light and funny at times, yeah. which is what we were working our way towards uh, when we were describing it a little earlier in the episode. And I think that's actually an interesting way to pitch it as an entry-level grimdark. It's like, hey, this series is actually quite humorous and 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 funny, and very often so, even though it is grimdark. And that's an interesting distinction for Abercrombie. I agree, Charles. And yeah, that Queen of Grimdark reference was a, was a reference to her. Anna Smith Sparks Twitter handle, which is at Queen of Grimdark. So there we go. It all makes sense. All right, let's keep it rolling. We've got a recommendation from Nick Borelli at Nick Rev WS is basically Nick does reviews, and it we got a lot here. We'll probably home in on one in particular I yes guess. there's one i'm gonna Which stop is, yes, you on yeah. but but we can go we, let's give all the recs yeah. and then uh we'll let's do yeah heroes die by matthew woodring stover that's uh, the one that's the, <laughs> yes. the black company by glenn cook shadow of the torturer by gene wolf the winter road by adrian selby the heresy within by rob j hayes beyond redemption by michael r fletcher the Obsidian Psalm by Clayton Snyder. Thank you so much, Nick, for all these wrecks. And I know which one Charles is going to want to talk more about. Absolutely. I mean, heroes die. Guys, this is a book that I always felt like I was like I had read it. And Dylan, you had read it after I did and recommended it. But that was kind of where it ended. And I didn't know anyone else that had read the series. And I got to say, in the past couple months... I've been hearing more and more about this Burke. It's been it's been popping up here and there on the Twitter sphere, and I couldn't be more excited. I think it's making like this cult comeback, and I want to read it on the show very soon. Who knows? It might sneak into my next friend's pitching fantasy. I'm that serious Ooh. about it. I just think there's murmurings on the internet. I think people are interested in this book and recognize it as an underrated gem. And I let. Just to contextualize it in Grimdark, I mean, the the main character, I don't know, like he's definitely like a gritty character. He's almost like a an action, he's like an action hero, like you would expect in the movies, but he's also a little bit more, um, he's a bit more nihilistic than that, and he's a bit more rugged than that. Uh, but the action in this is so good, and it's a book about violence, which we've said in other episodes on the show, so I won't get too into it, but... Heroes Die is a great recommendation for maybe even people that lean more towards science fiction that want to get into Grimdark. Maybe people that are more interested in action, like just entertainment, than necessarily this huge, thick, uh, you know, doorstopper of a book. And it's a great book to pick up for that as well. And the main character is just so interesting. And the action in this book is so unique, and I just enjoyed reading it. And to see, to hear it being recommended now by Nick Borelli, which is, I, you know, I was impressed by this. I was like, this is an impressive list. Yeah. And and so, like, to see Black Company right after that, and then some authors that we see multiple times, Rob Hayes and 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 the like. It's super interesting. And no, I think Heroes dies a a really good wreck because it's not too 
off the deep end in terms of like oh subverting all these different fantasy tropes or it's not trying to be over gratuitous although it is violence but it's not like gratuitous violence and for those reasons i think it would be a great a great introduction to grim dark you know you can go harder if you're if you're feeling it and you could also pull back and try more action packed fantasy novels instead so it's a good litmus test in that respect so great wreck yeah i totally agree with everything you just said it's (laughs) it is very accessible i think it's a book that hasn't gotten its due i've read heroes die as well Uh, Mm -hmm. charles has always brought more energy and passion around the book but I, i really like it too and i'm excited for when we do one day get to read on the show and i really appreciate it all of Nick's wrecks here. I think a lot of great places to start with Grimdark. I think that action with heroes die is a good thing that'll keep it'll keep people's attention and their energy up and things like that while they're reading in a right. way in which just something that is all out cynicism might not do. So I think that's part of why it might be a good place to start. And well said. That's awesome. All right, well, we got a lot of names here. Let's see how fast we can blaze. We want to get as many of these in as we can here, but when we don't want a two-hour-long episode. So let's let's see what we got. Yes. So we got a recommendation from Run Along Womble at Run Along Womble, and (laughs) uh, another awesome reviewer out on the Twitter sphere. And... They recommended for a standalone best served cold by Joe Abercrombie ah. may be a good starting place. And and this is an interesting one, Charles. We just finished up our second part of yep. our best served cold episode discussions. And I, I think it's interesting. I, I, I don't know. It's not. I see why this is an awesome recommendation because best served cold is so much more fast paced then yes. like starting with the first law trilogy and like there was some conversation that sparked from this kind of about that where it's like usually i do recommend uh, the blade itself as a place to start but also we have some folks like benjamin who we just mentioned earlier at that interesting review who kind of uh, ha- get ambivalent particularly about like the slowness i think about yeah uh, the blade itself and not a lot does happen that first book. you and i charles always love just spending time with those characters but it's tough and 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 womble said something in a later comment which was uh i don't like uh, telling a new reader you must read the first three books of something first the first law ending is brilliant, but you need to be invested on the way. And that's just very insightful. Yeah, so well said. That, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's it's a good point. So, if you're really trying to get someone hooked on Abercrombie and you know it's going to be like luck just to get them to read one book, then this might not yeah. be a bad place to go. I personally recommend reading Abercrombie all the way through because there's so many Easter egg moments in Best Served Cold. You certainly don't have to read the First Law Trilogy. And I think Run Along Womble presents some absolutely spot-on, fantastic reasoning for why you might start with Best Served Cold. But as just an Abercrombie fan, I'm like, you gotta read it from start <laughs> to finish. But this is actually a great wreck. Um for grimdark just to start with best served cold is an interesting idea i had not considered but i see it i see it it's a really good perspective yeah 
Next up, we've got uh, Jody from WNS Book Club. That's at WS underscore book club. And Jody said uh, Black Company was an early favorite of mine. And that's Witty and Sarcastic Book Club. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> awesome reviews coming from Jody over there. And another recommendation from Black for Black Company from someone that we love the work they're doing. So, I'm, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm excited for when we get to it and makes a lot of sense as a good place to start in context. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I think you'll find some interest in it just from a, like, historical, intellectual perspective. And yeah. then as much as you'd get out of, like, the actual book itself. So <laughs> if that's not a reason to read it, I don't know what is. Well said, Charles. Next up, we've got Behind the Pages at Behind the Pages 1, who... Uh, she's another reviewer, awesome supporter of the show. And uh, behind the pages said, Prince of Thorns was my introduction to it and got me hooked. And that's always, you know, we've said a lot about Prince of Thorns and Mark Lawrence's work, such a fantastic place to start. And it's always good to recommend the thing that you feel passionate about and that got you hooked. It, it sounds like this was basically your experience too, Charles. Yes, absolutely. All right. Next up, we've got Rod Milligan at Rod Milligan. And uh, Rod said, It's an obvious one, but A Song of Ice and Fire kickstarted my appreciation for Grimdark, as I'm sure it did for many others. And it's interesting. There's probably a lot we could say about whether or not A Song of Ice and Fire is Grimdark, but I see it as holding the place that I feel like Rod is is indicating, which is... uh, the thing that taught a lot of us, including myself, that fantasy was not just this uh, like high fantasy, Tolkien-inspired uh, world with clear heroes and villains and things like that. Right. I know that things like The Black Company were doing this before uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, but for me, someone who didn't get into the genre until well, introduced to A Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones... This was kind of, I, I think, I would say that, I think I said it in this comment here, the Game of Thrones show is what kicked off my love of fantasy and sent me down a path yeah. toward being particularly inclined toward Grimdark. And Charles, you know this is, <laughs> Grimdark is something that's very near and dear to my heart. A lot of my favorite right. series are, are Grimdark, and I think a lot of it is because I, I got into these like morally gray characters and complex, just, yeah, like moral ambiguity and things like that, realism from a song race and fire and so much has been said about it i don't think we need to go into detail no i I just want to say that this is a fantastic recommendation i think a song of ice and fire is a great place to start and this is one of the most inspirational series that i've ever read and it's the reason that the show exists we've said that multiple times so can't recommend it highly enough and it's got such a great balance the characters are amazing and there's no like good guy or bad guy which is super interesting about the story it's like wait how do you win how does a story end it becomes less and less clear as it goes on which is a very grim dark thing to have there's like shocking moments of violence and sexuality and things like that that are also kind of hallmarks of the grimdark genre where you're like whoa that's kind of wild and that in itself is very entertaining as well and it's all wrapped under his beautiful writing you know i don't think he needs much more praise than that i mean he's one of the most famous respected fantasy authors of the modern age so can't recommend it enough agreed 
Next up, we've got a suggestion from Lord Grumpy Darkling. Oh, Lord, Lord Grumpy, Grumpy Dark. Dark is here? <laughs> wow. I love how that's your reaction every time. <laughs> I mean, it's exciting, yeah. you know? You can never tell what that what that guy's up to. And yeah. It's just, he's kind of like this legendary figure who comes and goes in our lives. And the fact that he stopped by is interesting. What did he have to say? (laughs) He asked, will you be branching out into the grumpy dark genre? Or will Mm. this be exclusively grim dark? Went on to say, if you're willing to go grumpy dark, then I recommend Daughter of Flood and Fury by Levi Jacobs. And... Yeah, who we love Levi Jacobs' work. Under the show, we Levi love Jacobs. Daughter of Flem Fury. Yeah, was on for Friends Creating Fantasy recently. Uh, I I responded to Lord Grumpy Dark. Oh, and Lord Grumpy Dark dropped an incredible uh, gif of pop superstar Olivia Rodrigo. So props to Lord Grumpy Dark for that. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I said Daughter of Flem Fury would be my top recommendation for where to start with Grumpy Dark as well, because Lord Grumpy Dark is a huge fan and that's i don't think anyone else is talking much about grumpy dark per se uh so i think whatever lord grumpy dark's reading is probably the yeah, go-to no, for our, our my first the first time i heard the idea of grumpy dark was in our interview with levi jacobs and he yes. said that to me and <laughs> my brain just was like short wired for a second i was like wait what grumpy dark and i think it's brilliant because he yeah because daughter flood and fury does walk that line you know and there's something it's one of those things like i don't know what grumpy dark is but i know when i read it and this is an example <laughs> it's like that is grumpy dark it's it's very action-packed the the action it can be quite violent uh, the characters are not all virtuistic and and holy like a gandalf character uh, but it doesn't get nihilistic. It, it it doesn't get like subversive. It doesn't get super gratuitous with its violence and and blood and gore and stuff like that. So it's a great line, and I think it's highly entertaining read. And I, I yeah. want to read more of the grumpy dark genre. Yes, and as a as a place to start an accessibility thing, I think that. That pace of Daughter of Flood and Fury is something that makes it super accessible. It's it's short. It's YA, too, which means accessible mm-hmm. for more age groups. Than, let's just say I'm not recommending Prince of Thorns or the First Law series to anyone uh, <laughs> under, let's say, their late teens, right? right. Uh, but you can recommend Daughter of Flood and Fury safely to some younger folks and Certainly. And maybe that transition to, yeah, that's a great line from Levi, the the grumpy dark idea. Just a little bit of edge, a little bit of kick to a little bit of that grittiness, but staying true to form to this more PG-13 kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's YA. I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of YA grimdark. There is the Shattered Sea trilogy by Joe <laughs> Abercrombie. Right. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if I'd call it grimdark but anyway let's uh we'll keep it rolling <laughs> and i believe so. uh daughter of flood and fury you can you know download it for free on kindle unlimited and you know stuff like that can, but. Yeah. <laughs> yes and we love levi we love Jacob, levi so check them uh, out <laughs> so next up we got a recommendation from maria black rain at m black rain empires of dust by anna smith spark so just another one to keep in mind there, Charles. Yep, like I'm starting to remember the name, Anna Smith Spark. And uh, 
I am going to be watching that with great interest, and it's definitely creeping up the TBR. Yep. Next up, Lord Samper's Library at Lord Samper recommended the Triglen Cook's Black Company series for some early Grimdark, maybe even earliest Grimdark. So these kind of things, Lord Samper's is tuned into that context about Black Company and mm-hmm. another, hey, if you want to start at the beginning, this might be the place to go. Great. Yes, exactly. So, yes. Next up, we've got a recommendation from Bullet at Grimdark Cthulhu. <laughs> and uh, Bullet, you like that Twitter handle? Yeah, it's a good I one. do. Yeah. Props. So you know you got to be listening. They got Grimdark in the Twitter handle, yeah, so we got to pay attention. Yes. And true to form, uh, recommended, I would say start with the First Law trilogy. Yes. Uh, I mean, it went on to say Glockta is such a brilliant character and all this Glockta praise happening. So appreciate it. Well, you know, we feel the same about Glockta. I see Charles, you popped onto Twitter to say that we love Glockta. Awesome wreck. I said parentheses as a character because there's some really great stuff going on. (laughs) So to say we love Glockta as a human being is a bit complicated, but to say as a character is a hundred percent true. Well said. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, great. Describe being, said that the first law trilogy consumed them so i mean i know what that feels like it's such a great series absolutely then we got a recommendation from jesse bird at mr brainley the prince of nothing series by r scott baker it might be let me see if i can yeah it's baker b-a-k-k-e-r and uh went on to say it can be pretty unpleasant at times. Imagine if Nietzsche wrote Lord of the Rings, if Aragon was Paul Atreides with less humanity. Uh, and that's a trigger warning for sexual violence and misogyny, though. So this is one that I think goes way on the gritty and dark side of mm. Grimdark because this was second in Mark Lawrence's most Grimdark poll. The, and the darkness that comes before got a 4.57 out of 5 in terms of how grimdark it is. It sounds like a lot of grittiness and a lot of pretty messed up things happening. Sounds like some nihilism. We've got Nietzsche in the mix. So I think <laughs> that, and I've heard this, it's very philosophical. I think that uh, Baker has a phil- like some maybe graduate school education in philosophy. Don't quote me on that, but that's what I've heard about it. So... Yeah, if you want to go real dark with your start, that might be the way to go. <laughs> you know, I do sometimes. I do. So that interests me. I, I like shocking every once in a while. I find it entertaining. Yeah. But not everyone me does. Me too. It's, yeah. It's just know what you're heading in for, it sounds like um, mm. we've got Jesse Bird saying. So that's an awesome wreck, it sounds like. And then we've got... A, Tyra Phillips at Tyra underscore lean with two N's. Uh, I'd say Mark Lawrence by suggest starting Red Queen's War and then move into Prince of Thorns, which is interesting, Charles. We've both read Book of the Ancestor by Mark Lawrence and we've read uh, Prince Empire. of Thorns and that Broken Empire trilogy, but we haven't read Red Queen's War yet. We so have not. I'm it's come up a few times in this thread yeah. too, and I'm like, ah. Oh. And Mark Lawrence, friend of the show, of course, liked my recommendation <laughs> of his of a series on this thread. So, um, yeah, definitely on the TBR. There's so much more Mark Lawrence that uh, I'd like to read on the show, 
and we will get to it in time. And Red Queen's War is way up there. We will. And if we need any more of a recommendation, we got one from R at RJ Crondon. Uh, well, for Mark Lawrence's work, that is. Uh, who said I started with Prince of Thorns. And, me too, R. Me yeah, too. Yeah, so did. Yes. And <laughs> sounds like R from our, lo- our exchange after is getting into book two right now, King of Thorns. So I'm excited. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe he already has read it because this thread was from a little while back. So I, I hope you, if you're listening, I hope you enjoyed uh, King of Thorns is an awesome series. Absolutely. By an awesome author. Next up, we've got Sasan at Days in Worlds, who said the fifth season by oh, M.K. Jemison would wow. be my first choice. I don't think I felt the same bleakness anywhere else yet. Wow. And that's the thing. It really does have that bleakness. I just don't, uh, wow. for some reason, I didn't think, I, I don't usually think of it. And this is why we do this, like, reach out to all the these other folks yeah. and let them yeah, let them stop by and um, it's changing my impression of the book. And I, oh, it's I have to read it. I have to read it. <laughs> Pitch it already <laughs> on Friends else. Pitching Fantasy. <laughs> oh, you mean for the second time? <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> just so not then, with um, with not with uh, Patrick Rock. The Kingkiller Chronicle. Kingkiller Chronicles. Yeah. That was a tough one. Yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, next up, we've got Happy H uh, at. Happy H2021, who recommended Grim Company, Luke's Skull Trilogy. I think this is another one that did come up on our book recommendations for Joe Abercrombie, if I'm remembering correctly. So definitely one to stay tuned to, but Charles mm-hmm. and I haven't read that one yet. Next up, we've got Lady Umu at M1Lu, who said, how about the Never Night Chronicles by Jay Kristoff and... The Book of the Ancestor series hey, by Mark Lawrence. wow. Yes. Nice. We love the Book of the Ancestor. That's actually my favorite of Mark Lawrence's uh, novels that I've read. You know, I love everything I've read by him, but uh, Book of the Ancestor and Nona's story and just... Uh, it, and it's a little... Le- What's interesting is I would say a little... I, I don't know. I don't really think of it as necessarily being grimdark. I think it could be considered that for sure. Um, but I'll say that it... It got a 3.08 on that grimdark ratings mm-hmm. thing from Mark Lawrence, which kind of puts as like, in my eyes, you could call this grimdark, but it's not the grimmest or the darkest. And yeah. I think that, that might make it a great place to start, though, right? It, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's where I was going. Gotcha. So I think that's a fantastic wreck. And it's kind of like read the book of the ancestor and then and see like was the grittiness and the darkness doing it for you or you want something a little more cheerful and you know hey if the grittiness was doing for it you might go even darker with something like prince of thorns yeah yeah prince of thorns is way more grim dark than book of the ancestor but they're both terrific works and both great places to to start with both grim dark and mark lawrence i totally agree next up we've got steve the bookworm uh who said, Steve the Bookworm, openly Puerto Rican, at Sandman underscore Slim 101, who said, and Steve's a, a book blogger, by the way, over at Before We Go blog, which I, I'm a part of the Before We Go blog team as well. And nice. uh, Steve said, the Black Company, and which we've heard a lot about, and the Falcon Throne by Karen Miller. And I don't know much about the Falcon Throne, uh, but 
Me neither. Steve, I said that, and Steve said the usual suspects of Grimdark wish they'd written something this Grimdark about uh, Karen Miller's <laughs> oh, The Falcon Throne. So <laughs> that is high praise, and I'm interested for when eventually we get around to that. All right, well that that absolutely, so, and it's good to see one of your your fellow teammates at Spiffbo out there. Very exciting. Yeah, yeah, and Charles. Can I, I, I know you're probably watching that time. I, I am too, but mm-hmm. can no one recommended the poppy war <laughs> no, except me. I, can, and I'm like so upset by this. I, the, the poppy war. It, so, okay. I did my own quote to in my personal account because I was like, come on. The poppy war. Come on, everyone. The poppy war by RF Kwong, Rebecca Kwong is i know i'm sorry if i'm sounding you all gave amazing wrecks but i do yes. really want to talk about the poppy war a little bit here charles and i Let's think do that it. i think part of what makes it for me such a great place to start for grimdark is how fast paced and modern that it feels it's just mm-hmm. like uh, the whole series just moves at this blazing fast pace we've got this incredible modern feeling dialogue from the way that the way that rebecca kwong writes the dialogue is i don't know it's refreshing and it is extremely i i think grimdark in how cynical uh, a lot of the the way the world is built is just the uh, same kind of thing i not same but some similar themes are explored uh, with that, like oppression, and then in, in this book, like racism and uh, acculturation and things like that are explored so deeply in that trilogy in a way that is extremely complex with a lot of moral ambiguity. And I haven't even mentioned Rin, one of my <laughs> favorite characters I've ever read about. And talk about that moral grayness with protagonists when i think moral grayness with protagonists of course i think about things like joe abercrombie's work and i also one of the first things that comes to mind is rin from the poppy war who is so complex i feel like rebecca kwong depicts rin with just so much i almost want to say care like understanding of this character and how the experiences of this character have made her into a morally ambiguous figure while never backing away from going into that bleakness from having all these moments where Rin does interesting and dark things at times extremely intriguing character and just the something that's really interesting is uh, it is the book kind of shifts you from, I don't want to say too much, but there's just a point in the book, and Charles, I know you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, and folks who've read it will know, where there's a shift in tone. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways it's jarring for people, but in other ways it might kind of drive home this grimdark feeling even even more. And yeah, I think it's a, a fantastic place to start with grimdark, A, because it's just I, I think it's an incredible novel, an mm-hmm. incredible series, but also because of that pace and accessibility with the like modern feeling writing style and dialogue mm. and and 
these morally complex characters that I think a lot of people can latch on to. So, yeah. yes, Rebecca Kwong's Poppy War. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going to confess something to everyone right now. Oh, no. The Poppy War did not come to my mind at originally when I was thinking of books to recommend. I know, I know. And when you it put stress. it out there, when you put it out there on the Twitter sphere, I was like, obviously, of <laughs> course. I was almost like, how did I not think of Poppy War? It's right there. And it's the it's a perfect recommendation. It's it's hot off the press. The last book in yeah. the trilogy is very modern. It's got this anti-hero protagonist in in Rin. It's got, you know, the very impactful scenes of of violence and aggression. It tackles a lot of themes. It's subversive in the way that the author RF Kuang is writing this novel as a fantasy novel there's a lot of really like subversive progressive ways in which she's telling the narrative and that to me is grimdark in itself when you kind of depart deliberately from these fantasy traditional fantasy tropes and the poppy war does that in spades and uh, just besides all of that it's a really fascinating exciting fun book to read that you should definitely check out if you're interested in grimdark it's a great place to start absolutely yeah and a lot of things that people have on their minds these days with the things like colonialism and it's very and just the way that rin is depicted so like psychologically interesting i just i i've recommended it to a lot of people not necessarily as a like, hey, you need to start with Grimdark, so start here. But just as an entry even to fantasy, I, I do check in. I kind of say, hey, have you seen Game of Thrones or something like that? And I'm like, how do you feel about moral grayness in your fantasy? And if they say, oh, no, I'm cool with it. That's something I liked about Game of Thrones. I'll say, okay, I think the Poppy War will <laughs> probably be a good fit for you. And I've recommended the Poppy War to lots of folks, even as an entry to fantasy. And I think... Uh, if, if it works as an entryway to fantasy and it's grimdark, it's a fantastic entryway to grimdark. Absolutely. Which is a little bit less accessible than just fantasy overall, I would say, because there's a few things you want to be probably a little bit more niche and okay with, like this dark violence and, the, and moral greatness. So, yes, I, it's interesting. I don't know why it didn't come up for you and didn't come up for a lot of other. Well, so many authors have this yeah. narrative around them as being grimdark, especially Mark Lawrence and Joe Abercrombie. So Rebecca Kwong doesn't have that like grimdark title around her, but she absolutely embodies it. So it's, it's a great choice that I can see some people like going more towards traditionally who we've recommended for grimdark and, and not someone who just finished their first trilogy within the past year so that's yeah, just my that conjecture I'm definitely not sure. <laughs> yeah who knows who knows but I it's mean, a great wreck and i'm glad you put it out there because i would have forgotten it honestly but it's so oh, no. perfect for this it's so perfect i mean it, yeah it's it because if we if we just went through all the wrecks it wouldn't have come up but no. i felt a strong urge to to discuss it as i often do when it comes to that series so that's well yeah, I'm pumped we got said. the chance to talk about that and all of these other don't let oh, the fact that i'm a little bit upset that uh, rebecca kwong's work didn't come up distract you from the fact that i am ridiculously grateful for all of the incredible Absolutely. recommendations that you all gave all the f folks who came out to 
say what to check out if you're looking to start Grimdark. So if any listeners I who haven't yet started Grimdark, I hope you got some some great suggestions. I think you did because there's so many places that could be an awesome starting point depending on your personal tastes. And yeah, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, folks who Absolutely. gave these recommendations so awesome. you guys are I'm sorry awesome. if we missed you yeah sorry we tried we to you. get everybody um but it, it we've gotten to we're just so thankful you know the threads become so long and i i can barely navigate the threads as dylan knows so if we missed <laughs> you which is very likely we missed somebody and just um thank you so much for your contribution and um keep it up and i'm um, you know I, these are some of my favorite episodes to make. We start to yeah. get a lot of regularly recurring people that we're starting to recognize. We're getting people that are pillars in the community coming out. And like you said, I'm so thankful, so humbled that people came out and give us these recommendations. And we've done enough of them now that certain authors are coming up that I don't know if I would have ever picked up w- without doing the show. And I'm eternally grateful for that. So, guys, you are all awesome thank you so much for your recommendations we love doing these and i'm sure yeah. we'll do another one very soon me too yeah i just love getting even though it's just you and me talking charles yeah. getting all these different perspectives oh yeah because there's no way if we were left just to our own devices that we would have been able to come up with anywhere near the number of incredible recommendations that uh, we got here so absolutely uh, that's that's part of what makes these ones so much fun is oh yeah from so many different people and what they love and how they think about it and and even taking books that we wouldn't have thought of but that we've read and then we're like of course like yes yes about, like with the fifth season i don't know if i would have thought of it but it's but it's such an awesome wreck so thank you so much y'all um and i think charles i think all that's left to do is get that sweet sweet outro music pumping at this point I, I think I think you're right, Dylan. So let's just go ahead and do it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard today, if you didn't make a recommendation on this thread but you want to drop in on the next one or if you want to share your thoughts on what we've discussed today the best place is going to be over on twitter guys twitter is the best way to reach us and that's over at the fdf podcast with a number one at the end and we are on instagram as well another great place to go at the ftf podcast now dylan if they like what they heard today and they want to support the show beyond social media and they just so happen to be listening on apple podcasts what can they do Plus five stars to our podcast. Yes. Just find that Friends Talking Fantasy page on the Apple Podcast app. Click the Friends Talking Fantasy page. Scroll down past all those episodes until you start seeing stars. Once you're seeing stars, the optimal number to click to support the show would be five of them. Uh, if you have a little bit of extra time, the writing review is extremely helpful for our podcast. But all that being said, just listening is more than enough. We really appreciate you doing that. Just listening, guys, and leaving reviews and all this. You're all so awesome. We love and appreciate every single one of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends.